0: This is the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 129, Truly Memorable Stage Hypnosis. Welcome to the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hey there and welcome back. It's Jason Lynette here with a content packed session. And by popular demand, we're actually repurposing a recent webinar presentation into this podcast format for your listening convenience as well as educational enjoyment. Uh, About a week or two ago, I did a webinar presentation featuring myself as well as Michael DeShalet and Tommy V. The presentation was titled Genuine Fun Make Your Stage Hypnosis Truly memorable. And in this content, we're going to go over several themes in terms of how to really be present during your presentations, how to really make use of hypnotic phenomenon, how to draw in the audience and also just some business advice as well. Uh, The three of us did this presentation as a bit of a launch event, sharing the upcoming Ultimate Stage Hypnosis Conference, which is happening in late January, 2018. You can get all the details about this Las Vegas event Three days of stage hypnosis training featuring nearly a dozen outstanding uh, stage hypnosis faculty instructors to help you to become much more effective on stage, much more entertaining, and as well much more profitable in your business. Details of that upcoming event, of course, can be found over at Stage Hypnosis Conference. Dot com. As always in advance, thank you so much for sharing this program, for leaving your positive feedback over on iTunes as well. And I look forward to hearing your feedback on this presentation. Uh, you can listen to it here, or you can also just head over to the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com and uh, watch the three of us uh, talk through this entire presentation too. So a couple of options in terms of listening to this content. So with that, let's jump right in. This is session number 129, Truly Memorable Stage Hypnosis. Hey there and welcome everybody. This is Genuine Fun. Make your stage hypnosis truly memorable. Uh, it's Jason Lynette here, host of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast and excited to be joined here. Cross-country excitement uh, here with Michael deshalet as well as Tommy V. As I often would say, these guys don't need any introduction, so I will let them introduce themselves. Uh, Michael, let's bounce over to you first, please. Tell us about you and who you are. Sure. Michael
1: Dechalet from Tucson, Arizona. I've been doing stage hypnosis for about 16 years now. My specialty is in the high school market, but I have uh, also, uh, also do college shows, corporate shows, fairs, festivals, basically any place that has money that wants me to do a show. I will show up there and do a show for them also a clinical hypnotherapist, but we're not here to talk about clinical stuff today. We're talking about the fun stuff. Uh, that's pretty much it about me.
0: Although briefly, Michael, I mean, your experience as a stage hypnotist, how has that improved your work working with clients in a one-to-one environment?
1: You know, honestly, it's uh, it's helped me to book more clients. So uh, for me, I don't really spend much money on advertising at all. Uh, most of my clients come from you know stage shows that I do, um, and not just the local state shows, but we're talking about you know, shows in different states. Uh, um, I've now gleaned clients from just about every state that I worked in, um, doing that you know, remotely or you know, online sessions with them. Um, it's also, you know, people come to me clinically because they find out I'm a stage hypnotist and their common misconception is that if I can control the minds of 12 people on a stage, I can certainly control theirs and make them quit smoking or whatever it is they're seeing before. So it, it adds a, a level of confidence and uh, um, stature to the uh, clients that come to me because they, they believe that I'm going to somehow control their minds.
0: I, I'll share later on when we actually jump into the content here, there's a whole moment that I'll just give you the, uh, the advance uh, title of that I call, Oh, Wow, Quiet Moments, uh, which are things that from my stage hypnosis experience have worked their way into my client sessions um, to really have those moments where just that is that profound hypnotic phenomenon. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Tommy V., Introduce yourself, please.
2: Hey, guys. Tommy V here. I'm from the uh, right coast of the U.S. I'm in New Hampshire. Uh, I've been a stage hypnotist as well as a clinical hypnotist for a long time, and I do both and love doing stage hypnosis. Uh, It works great as a clinical hypnotist, too. Um, I don't know what else I can say. Uh, I do all sorts of markets. I've been in the corporate market, a lot of high schools, colleges, uh, fundraisers, fairs uh weddings wedding receptions so uh i have a blast doing it and i've been sharing and, and coaching people how to do stage hypnosis for about 15 years now with michael Outstanding. Um, And
0: briefly, I'm Jason Lynette. I'm in Virginia and I do hypnosis. So I'm here in my local business, Virginia Hypnosis, though I started my entire journey with this by doing stage hypnosis. So touring specifically, uh, mostly doing a ton of high schools, uh, doing corporate work as well, doing a lot of fundraiser events. And uh, in recent years, again, the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast featuring outstanding guests like uh, Michael DeShallet and Tommy V. Uh, So in this presentation, The day. Uh, The three of us are going to be hanging out together coming up towards the end of January 2018 at the Stage Hypnosis Conference out in Las Vegas at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Details over at stagehypnosisconference.com. Though I specifically invited Michael and Tommy to join me on this platform. As uh, we've been brainstorming, just this idea of what is it that you do to bring the entertainment to your stage hypnosis entertainment program? And whether you're already working as a hypnotist and stage work, or whether you're perhaps on that hypnotherapy side and just curious, there's a lot of these tendencies, a lot of these bullet points that we're gonna be jumping into that can begin to fold into your sessions as well. So just that mindset. Uh, let's just bigger picture here, Tommy. Um, What would you say is the benefit of making sure your program truly is memorable to your audience? Yes, we want to entertain them while we're watching, but what about that lasting value? What's in it for you? What's in it for the audience to really punch up that quality and make your program more memorable?
2: Well, I think uh, the reason for doing that is you want to get booked again. Um, There's a lot of people in the audience and you never know who is in the audience. So you do want to create something memorable. You want your show to be different. Um, and as far as clinical hypnosis, if you do clinical hypnosis in the shows near your office, you will get clients out of that. Um, so making it memorable is very important because they don't remember usually that it was Jason Lynette, the hypnotist. They just remember that a hypnotist entertained us. Uh, so you, you want to create something memorable so they, they can book you again. They seek you out and they have a good time, too. You've got to put the spotlight on the people that are on the stage. That's what I think.
0: Outstanding. So let's jump directly into some of our uh, prepared content here. Um, Michael, I was curious just to bounce it to you first. Um, I know that there's some things that you do in advance of your show and even after your show. So again, not just the actual presentation. uh, What are some of the strategies that you found to be effective of really... Improving that quality experience.
1: Well, you know, it's in, in my book the show starts when the client first calls you to uh, to inquire about booking your show. Um, I think it's that at that point, you know, you have to go somewhat into sales mode. But you know, as a good salesperson would always remember that line we've all heard when we when we took sales one hundred and one was sell the sizzle, not the steak. So it's selling the um, selling the show in such a way where the person that's inquiring about the show feels excited about it. They know that they're going to want to see the show. They know that it's going to be entertaining for not only the uh, audience, but also the volunteers. Um, I let them know every aspect of the show that it's going to be appropriate. It's going to be family friendly. It's going to be, you know, what it is and some of the routines that are going to be in the show too, as well, because that's selling the sizzle, not the steak. Um, one thing I also do in preparation of, of getting there, especially in the high school and the uh, college market, is a lot of times they've either had another hypnotist or they've had me in the past, and it's become somewhat of a tradition for them to have a hypnotist for this type of, of an event. And, you know, it's one thing that that legacy lives on and all this all the students know, hey, we're going to have a hypnotist at our grad night or after prom or at our welcome back to college week. But, it's another thing if you give them something visual to to share with them. So I always prepare a poster that I can send to them electronically that they can put in their promotional materials. They can either print it up, you know, and post it in the in the common areas where they're you know, selling tickets for the grad night, the after prom or for the uh, the back to school event. Or they can also just put it in their email um, marketing materials, so they can see actually who is coming to do their show. And a lot of the students will say, oh, that's the guy that came last year. Yeah, it was amazing. All my friends told me about it. I don't want to miss it this year. So it, it keeps the audiences growing year after year after year. And it also sustains that excitement year after year after year. Um, and that, that's what I do prior to the show.
0: What I I love about that is the fact that you're harnessing one of our most important skills as hypnotist, which is that we're increasing that expectation. So by setting the stage before the program even begins of making it an even more successful event simply by setting it up, I'd share a similar through line that um, I have pre-written email blurbs that go out for like a corporate event. I have a whole page of morning announcements scripts Uh, That go out for a high school that they're able to make use of. And yes, that's helping, especially if it's a fundraiser to sell more tickets. But the main thing is it's really conditioning that audience of here's what's going to be happening. Here's what's going to be going on. We got to be there. There's some things you mentioned that you do afterwards, right? Yeah. So after the show, um, you know, towards the end of the show, one thing, one thing that I always
1: do before I emerge the volunteers and send them back to their seats, I always do a little motivational piece for it, for them. And I, and I know a lot of hypnotists do that and, and more and more are doing it um, as, as Tommy and I train more stage hypnotists, That's something that I, I you know, I, I encourage them to do because as long as you have the students in that, in that state where they can accept positive suggestions, you may as well give them something good. And this isn't necessarily just for the volunteers though. Um, the reason I get rebooked almost a hundred percent of the time, if they're doing the event again, the following year, I'm going to get rebooked for, um, that that's, I'm at a hundred percent on that. Um, because of that motivational piece, the folks that do the hiring, the parents that are the ones, you know, that are on the committee that choose what, you know, entertainment's going to be back at next year event. Um, they're the ones that appreciate that as well. Because some of their kids are up on stage as well too. some of the students that they've known for years are up on that stage and they appreciate that nice little finishing touch to the show. Rather than just leave them laughing, I give them something positive they can take into their real lives with them. Um, And that carries forward after the show is over. Um, And another thing is too is is mentioning rebookings. One thing that I always do to make it memorable as well, too, is you got to play off the energy of the show. After the show is over, when you're going to collect your check or when you're going to ask the person to re-sign you for the following year, I try to get them to meet me in a place where there's still a lot of traffic going on after the event, where there's still students that are showing each other videos of what they did on stage on their cell phones. And I'll just point over to them and say, hey, look, at they're still, they're still talking about the show. Look, oh, they're still laughing. Oh, check it out. They're laughing at the video they took. And, and I will try to include them in that rebooking process because that's when you rebook the show, when the excitement level is still at its highest point. And the parents that, you know, that are in charge of the rebooking or in charge of the committee, they go, yeah, wow, look at that. It has a lasting effect on them. It, ha- it is a lasting memory. So they just resign automatically right there for me.
0: What I'd share around that too is that uh, you know, my, my mindset was always, I was never selling a show, I'm always selling a tradition. You know, so this is something that we'll be doing year after year after year. And this may be slightly uh, sneaky of a strategy, but when something really incredible happens during the show, something that's truly unique that happens, it's one of those offhand remarks of, yeah, you're still going to be telling stories about that moment when I'm here next year. And just a little bit of a sliver into that experience. Um, Tommy, anything that you do pre and post uh, similar to that or different too?
2: Well, what we're talking about here is important. It's it's, it's called attention to detail. Yeah. And, and all of this is for one reason: to have a great show. That's what we want to do. We want the client to have a great show. Our our job is to our clients are hiring us to have uh their to help make their people laugh. And so going over these details is important, as opposed to just booking a show and showing up and and banging one out. You know, you set yourself up for success. So um, as Michael does, and I do, and you do. Um, I go over details right from the beginning. You know what you know what you need for sound, and you know what is what type of audience is there. You need to find out the format of the evening. Uh, are you having cocktails? Is there hors d'oeuvres? Uh, when is there dinner? Uh, when is the show starting? Oh, you want the show to start just as they're serving dinner. Oh, wow. Well, these are things. These are things you have to discover up front, and um, and it's all so that it sets us up for success. And your client has a great show, and it is memorable for them. And they say, Wow. That's what you want at the end of the show. We will all get our our uh, accolades at the end, but put the spotlight on the people that are in the show. You know, without any of these people, we don't have a show at all. So I've seen some hypnotists that stand there and, and they want all the applause. They, they stand there and say, look what I just did. And that's not good, in, in my opinion. Um, put it on, put the spotlight on the people. They'll clap uh, for you at the end. And all of these are attention to detail. And it's, it's great because we want a great show. We want to be re- rebooked, too.
0: The speaking of detail, there's uh, one of the themes that was part of the reason why we decided to put together this event. Um, And I'll tell the story first from my perspective that uh, a classic routine is that whatever the format is, you know, whether you're putting them on a school bus, whether you're putting them on a beach or uh, wherever the hypnotic suggestion will take them, here you are in this location. And basically, it's the classic hot and cold routine. It's getting hot, fan yourself, cool yourself off. It's getting warmer and hilarity ensues. Uh, Then from there, classically, you could then transition into now it's getting colder and colder. And quite honestly, the only reason to do this entire sequence, in my opinion, is that at the end of it, you have this incredible stage picture where all of your onstage participants are then really cold and clutching onto each other, trying to keep warm. And again, that's the comedy of it. Now, I I bring this up because it's got to be, oh, 2008, 2009 and I'm doing a program at a school up the road. And the experience was as I'm standing there and I give the suggestion, the person on the other side is even warmer, grab onto them too. Uh, Which just, I had this funny position, I wanted to move to that funny position. I wasn't looking and suddenly this big guy on the end of the stage grabs a hold of me and it becomes a moment where the laughter lasted for at least two or three minutes. Because I am genuinely shocked in that moment and going, this isn't what I practice. This isn't the language I was saying over and over in my car to build my confidence as I was getting used to this. Um, But wouldn't you believe it? Ever since that happened, and we're now talking about practically 10 years later of doing programs, by some odd reason, every time I do that routine, it's the damnedest thing. A big guy on the end always ends up grabbing me. And somehow, after all these years, I am still surprised every single time. And um, perhaps from the mock surprise you're seeing from Michael and Tommy here, you're already unpacking part of what's going on, that we we talked about these, um, uh, these sort of rehearsed improvs, that basically it's the game of what is something that happened that was genuine and surprising and what if there was a way to facilitate it to happen every single time, which I'll, I'll give you the simple mechanics of how I pull this off. Um, I'm five foot four and I'm relatively uh, small and petite. And it's funnier if it's the biggest guy on stage. So basically, as I'm rolling through my initial sequence of routines and inductions, I will make sure that I've moved people around. So I've got the biggest guy on this end over here. So step one, I've got the right person because it's just not as funny if the rather attractive girl at the end is grabbing me. That's a different stage picture. That's a different connotation. I want the big football guy grabbing the little hypnotist guy. And uh, as a person who doesn't follow uh, any professional sports, um, I am proud to say that this is the moment of the uh, hockey hip check that as I'm walking behind the row of volunteers – I bump into that person as I walk by, as I'm on microphone saying, and the person on the other bump, the person on the other side is even warmer. Check them out. Grab a hold of them. So participant closed eyes. They feel that hip check. They know I'm there. And again, always the surprise because it happened every single time. So it's this mindset that as things happen in your presentations, that as clever as you think the three of us might be as clever as you think you are, some of these really incredible imaginative moments that would occur, you can begin to reverse engineer and play the game of how do I have this happen more consistently? Any, any thoughts to share on those or any other similar routines, guys?
2: I do. Uh, you said to yourself, I want this to happen again. Can you, how can I make this happen again? And you created that by uh, repeating the verbiage or whatever you did. And this is, I love things like this. This is improv.
0: This is creating. Well, it started as improv and then it became a sketch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. But the audience thinks it's spontaneous. That's what brings your show from good to stellar from uh, great to memorable, when, when they do these things that the audience thinks, oh my God, that person did that, used the binoculars, they were flying over the nudist camp, he picked up binoculars on his own. And, and every night you do a show, Jason, that the guy gets up and hugs you like that. These are things that are, um, I just I could talk about them all day long. Um, it's called uh, improv, it's uh, being aware of what's going on in stage, because you could be have a dozen or 15 people on stage and they're yelling out things, and you need, you have to have a keen ear to listen to what they're saying and go over there. And if it's something that's funny off the hook, have them repeat it to the audience. A lot of hypnotists are missing out on this. And that's why you need a handheld microphone and that's a whole nother story. Um, But these, these little inside secrets we call them and that's what we teach. To elevate your show to make it memorable i love it jason yeah michael
0: just everybody at home you've got a q a box beneath us so any questions any comments feel free to throw those in there uh paul ramsey's actually watching uh right now and he just chimed in uh the single biggest selling point of his high school fundraiser program the value of having a great tradition at their school Uh, Paul has schools where the show has become so popular, only seniors are allowed to volunteer to be hypnotized so that we keep the numbers reasonable. turns out to be a big tradition with students waiting for three years to get their turn. That's outstanding, Paul. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Hey, thanks, Paul. Thanks for chiming in, Paul. Paul's also one of our speakers at our event coming up too. So it's going to be great to hear that live. Um, I want to interject something on that too as well, Jason. And you mentioned it, you know, it started off as improv and then it turned into a, uh, into a sketch, into a routine. And one thing I learned from coming from the magic background before hypnosis was that uh, there was a saying that we used there's nothing that looks better than a well-rehearsed impromptu trick. <laughs> and which means that it, it, it's going to look impromptu to the audience. It's going to look that way to the audience. But in fact, we've done it, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of times. And, and, and I think taking a step back though, how do you get that comfortable on the stage to be able to make it look impromptu, well, it starts. It starts with a rehearsal. I mean, you have to rehearse your show. Um, there's nothing better than a well-rehearsed show. And so, rehearsing your show, and even if it's just hypnotizing your your pillows on your couch and and going through the routines, we know hypnosis works. So we know that part is gonna be consistent. It's the routines, it's the setup, it's the structure, it's the delivery that makes all the difference in the world. So setting up your routines properly and having them so well rehearsed that you can and taking even a step further, um, like Tommy said, pay attention to what's going on around you on stage, being alert, being in the moment, so that way if your routine is so well rehearsed, you can pay attention. You can enjoy the show as much as the audience can, but you're also alert and paying attention to what's happening. So if an opportunity comes up, like when the big guy hugged Jason the first time, mental note to self, find big guy in every show to hug me. And then taking it back a step further is in the rehearsal making sure when you're setting up your volunteers, making sure that big guy is always sitting on the end seat. Um, this is not you know, an accident. This is controlling your environment on stage. And some of the things we'll be talking about at the conference is just how do you properly set up your show? I mean, we all do routines. All the routines are funny. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing them. Uh, but it's how you go to that next level and take it from from great to stellar, as Tommy says.
0: Outstanding! And once again, that event coming up the end of January. It's the Stage Hypnosis, sorry, the Ultimate Stage Hypnosis Conference. Let's get it right uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, I've actually got the dates right here, so I can say it properly. Friday, January twenty sixth to Sunday, January twenty eighth. All of the details over at Stage Hypnosis Conference com. Uh, this is the day where we're officially announcing this event. Uh, though, correct me, Tommy, there's already um, many hypnotists already signed up from all around the world uh, for this event, even though we're officially announcing it today. It was so popular last year that there's already a bunch of people from around the world signed up. Oh,
2: we uh, It has not been officially announced. We've announced it to our alumni, people that came last year. Uh, We were wondering, it was so off the hook last year, how could we make it just as off the hook this year? And I think we are. Um, We have people registered from Canada, uh, Britain, Australia, uh, and US, and that's off the top of my head. So the interest is phenomenal. And now we're announcing it to the world. And uh, it's going to be great.
0: Which, Don't miss it. Uh, the special is that for the next 20 people to sign up, the uh, discounted rate, uh, well over $200 off, is $497. Your meals are included, your lunch is included at this three day event. Outstanding speakers, um, the three of us are going to be there. Dan Candell, uh, uh, Michael DeShallet's going to be there. Hey, Michael. Uh, Catherine Hicklin. Yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I am cheating right now and looking off the website myself to get it all right. Oh, Paul uh, Ramsey. Paul Ramsey. Hey, Paul. He's watching right now. Anthony Gailey's going to be there. Oh, uh, my Alan God. Sands is going to be there. Jerry Valley as well. Um, I got a question Hickland. here. So all the details over at Stage Hypnosis Conference. Dot com. Grab one of those discounted seats that is for the next uh, 20 people for 97 three days of outstanding training networking and just really deep diving into your career and learning strategies to improve your show increase your bookings and become truly memorable as well. Um, this was a question that just came in from Roger in New York uh, if we have time to answer I love this question so I'm making time right now what was your first show like were you nervous how did it go. Uh, Michael, let's go with you first on that one.
1: Yeah, my first show. Well, I was fortunate enough to be trained by Jerry and Tommy and Orman McGill and and, and a host of other other trainers. And so, in coming from a magic world, I was no stranger to the stage. And I, you know, I've been on stage many times for probably about ten years before I started doing hypnosis shows. So it was a real easy transition for me. I started writing my show at the uh, training and uh, had Jerry and Orman look it over, and it was it was just what I thought was going to be a perfect show. Um, I had memorized my induction. I had it down pat. I threw in some theatrical attributes to it while I was delivering that induction. It was a sorority show. So, for those of you that do stage hypnosis shows, I mean, you know, there could be no easier show to do. And so I had 100 college girls, 12 of them ran up and filled the chairs like within 10 seconds or less. I did a killer induction. And I didn't mention, though, that, you know, any sounds you might hear other than the sound of my voice or the music in the background will not disturb you, distract you, or bother you. I failed to mention that. And I also failed to mention, too, in the, uh, in the uh, instructions that if you think you're coming out of hypnosis, don't just get up out of your chair and return back to your seat in the audience. Let me properly excuse you, because you might still be in hypnosis. So at the end of the induction, I dramatically, with David Copperfield hand in play, said, and now sleep. I did the David copperfield hand the way of the volunteers and their heads all dropped and it was dramatic and people, in the audience gasped. And then a girl in the audience hiccuped and then two other girls laughed. (laughs) And then the whole audience began to laugh at the girl that hiccuped and then all 12 volunteers opened their eyes, got up out of their chairs and returned back to their seats. And so, you know, I know not to panic when stuff happens, uh, especially bad stuff happens on stage, don't panic. I looked over at the, uh, the sound guy that was running my sound for me at the time, who was also the agent that hired me for the show. And I looked out at the audience and I calmly said, well, now you can see how easy it is to go into hypnosis. So let's fill these chairs again and let's uh, do it for real this time. And so I had those 12 chairs filled again, ironically by 11 of the same volunteers that came up the first time and one new girl. So 11 of those volunteers were already suggestible pre-hypnotized. I did a quicker induction this time. Got them all back into hypnosis. Had a killer show. So at the end of the show, the agent comes to me and said, "You know, you had me worried there for a minute when all those people, you know, opened their eyes and went back to their seats." And I said, "No, I do all my shows like that." And uh, I turned around and walked <laughs> away, collected the check, went home, for show. and uh, quickly uh, laundered my shorts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I what I love about that is that it's the benefit of an event like the one coming up in January that. You know, to, to hear that story, yes, it's a memorable story of Michael having to pull the mulligan on his first show. Yet it's that mindset of here are others who have made the mistakes, gone through the hard learning, done the 10,000 hours themselves. And that's what we're sharing with you. I I'd share um, my first show was a calculated uh, risk because I was doing the program. It was a small venue. I had three volunteers, I kept all three. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Yeah, and (laughs) kept all three, yet it became a moment that I had these two small girls and one really, really, really big guy in the middle who was my real flopper, and it became a moment that just, despite what I was saying, my phrase is, when all else fails, apply hypnosis. Um, You'll sit up right in the chair. The back of that chair is like super glue, keeping you nice. No, he was just flopping and falling, and it became the thought of, well, the two of them are okay. He is phenomenal. So it was a nice confidence builder to do my first show with only one volunteer, um, <laughs> But the fu- which the fear of, oh, what if I only have one person? It's like, well, I pulled it off before. It went great. Um, though the real memorable aspect of it was uh, Michelle, my wife and girlfriend, then at the time, she goes, uh, that was great, but you need to work on one thing. The moment where you turn to the audience and you had the expression on your face of holy bleep it's working because uh, <laughs> that moment of surprise that moment of wow this is going really well which it, it brings about some of these themes we've already talked about here about really yes we can rehearse yes we can prepare yes we can have good rehearsed improv moments yet that allows us that flexible nature to then really be in the moment with our volunteers so respectfully i did not take her advice uh and instead kept that expression of wow this is really going well look at this here's what's going on to, to keep it all fresh and in the moment to really be there responding um tommy i know growing up in a stage hypnosis family it's probably a different story that's why i saved you for last on this one
2: well thank you uh yeah my dad is jerry valley he's going to be our MC of this program Um, and he took a lot of the bumps out of the road for me, and that's what we do when we teach stage hypnosis. When he started there, there was one book. There was Orman's book. There were no schools. There were no videos. And briefly, he went out and did shows in bar rooms for free, and that's boot camp. So, you know, I didn't have to go through that, but um, my first show was a long time ago. And, you know, if you haven't done a show, you haven't done a show. You can prepare for it mentally. You can practice at home. But if you haven't done one, you haven't done it, In my first one, I was wearing a tuxedo. That's how long ago ago it was. It was a freshman orientation. It was a college gig. And I'm behind the curtain and there's 600 kids in the audience and they're chanting my name, Tommy V, Tommy V. And I was a little nervous. Yes, was I? Yes, I was. (laughs) And then the curtain opened and there I was. And the nervousness goes away once you get on stage and the show was memorable. It was off the hook. It was easy. Uh, they don't always go like that, but it, it was a lot of fun, and, and it was a great confidence builder. I had practiced a little bit before that where I went out in one or two of my dad's shows, and I was a guest, uh, but that was uh, one of my first shows by myself, and it was awesome. It was great. There's nothing like the feeling of a live audience. Uh, when people film a movie, they don't have a live audience. They don't get what we get. You know, f- 600 people in the audience applauding. You have them in, 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 in the palm of your hand. It's a lot of fun um so get out there and do more shows
0: yeah come there's some you. great questions coming here in the q a box i'm going to save a little bit them uh, for later here okay. uh i was curious uh one of the questions that did come in that it kind of leads into one of our bullet points here uh is there a moment that's happened in your shows recently that's surprised you and the reason that i bring that up because our next bullet point was just around we called it genuine laughter which i, I refer to it as moments where i'm making it a point we are instructing our audience uh, not just to be entertained, not just to enjoy the show, but also how to respond to what's going on. So, moments where things are happening that are out of the ordinary, um, you know, it's that moment for us to be the one really genuinely laughing at what's going on, truly looking surprised. Uh, so, let me bounce the question to you guys Is there a moment that stands out where you were truly surprised during your program?
1: I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll chime in on that one. Um, I recently did a college show, and uh, I, I put in a new routine in this show for this uh, for this year's tour. And uh, it was a routine that I actually got from Dan Kandel, also one of our speakers at the uh, Ultimate Stage Hypnosis Conference. And he said, he said, "Yeah, if you like it, go ahead and use it." And of course, I I, I rewrote the routine to fit my personality, as well as uh, changed a few things to it. So it was originally mine at that point. Um, i uh through the routine it's basically a motorcycle ride down the highway and, and you end up hitting a squirrel and you've got to try to save the squirrel and everybody on the stage all the students were very compassionate about this little fuzzy squirrel and they're trying to give it cpr they're trying to save it they're trying to do whatever they can to nurse it back to health and uh, some of them are getting emotional they're crying because it's sad they hit the squirrel and the guys are doing what they can to do they go into like paramedic mode and uh, this one girl after a while trying to save the squirrel she just She just chucked it, she just threw it aside, got back on her motorcycle and started driving down the road again. And so, you know, the first thing that came out of my mouth was I saw that happen, the audience just died laughing. And so I figured I've got to do something to capitalize on this moment. So I just walked over to her and I stood behind her and said, "Uh, well, obviously not an animal lover. And, you know, it's interesting because there's some things you don't know about a show when you're doing it. This is a small community college. Everybody that's a resident was there. So it was a sold out crowd, I'd say about 300 people, but they all knew each other fairly well. And they knew that she really wasn't an animal lover. I did not know that, but to them, it was really hysterically funny. So it was inside information that they have that I did not have. And so rather than reacting to it or overacting to it or overreacting to it, I just let it go because I figured... It was their inside joke. They laughed at it. So you may as well just run with it. But it was hysterically funny, though. She just basically took the squirrel and just chucked it aside and got back on her motorcycle and went down the road again. So you never know what's going to happen.
0: How about you, Tommy?
2: Yeah, usually it's uh, the response of the subject, what they say. Um, But one time I was doing a show and I was behind the committee. So the committee was between me and the audience. And uh, I was looking at the committee's back, if you will this was a uh, motorcycle group for kids that race motorcycles and their parents were there. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a totally adult show, but it became that way because when I, they were driving a car, all the attendee, the uh, committee were driving a race car and the, the trucker splashed mud on them. And I told them to yell at the truck driver or, or that sometimes they flipped the finger. Well, this one woman, woman right in front of me stood up and lifted her shirt up. In other words, she flashed. <laughs> and, and I, and I was probably looking the other way and <laughs> And I heard the audience erupting, so I'm trying to find out what's going on. Something happened funny, and there she was standing up, and all I saw was her back. So I, I missed out on that. But um, so things like that happen, and uh, you know, I'm sure there were, there's others too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll how share we one that's that video. Tommy?
2: Almost, how do we purchase that video? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll share one that kind of piggybacks off of that. Yet it's something that, um, it's a style of comedy that I have really. Come to love in terms of all things Warner Brothers and Rocky and Bullwinkle, where to watch those cartoons as a kid and then to go back and watch them as an adult, there's these moments of, oh, they're really going there. Um, you know, I I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and they're obsessed with the cartoon movie Zootopia, uh, which is this funny movie about a bunny and a fox becoming friends, yet really it's this incredible. Incredibly insightful social commentary around yeah, watch the movie Um, But there's this moment that stands out where there's humor that's clearly there for one part of the audience and humor is there That's clearly for another part of the audience and I'm always looking where the programs that I do are all clean I'm working for corporate groups. I'm working for high school groups yet There is that person in the audience who wants a slightly questionable routine And just over the years, crafting ways to give them that experience without actually going there. So a moment of giving them something that as a gift, or a set of keys, or whatever it is, you know, just to simply give the suggestion of hide that somewhere where I can't find it. And that's a moment where I'm looking away from my group of people. I'm looking down at the audience, yet clearly this one is putting it down the shirt. Uh, This one over there is hiding it down the pants. And it's the experience that the person who wants that slightly darker humor is now getting that, but the silly guy on stage playing uh, Harold Hill and directing this entire scene um, isn't noticing what's happening. So it's, again, the moments where uh, I, I would have to go back and watch the video of the show to figure out, why the hell were they laughing so much? And again, always playing that game of how do I reverse engineer that? Uh Question here from the Q&A box, Uh, the URL is stagehypnosisconference.com. That'll direct you over to the Ultimate Stage Hypnosis Conference. The dates on that, again, Friday, January 26th to Sunday, January 28th in Las Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, it is an opportunity to have a 10-headed hypnosis instructor there. Uh, everyone, including the three of us, me, Tommy, Michael, Paul Ramsey, Susan Rosen, Catherine Hicklin's going to be there, Dan Kandel, Anthony Gailey is going to be there, Alan Sands, and each of us, as you browse around that website, click the... Uh, actually, let's do this the easy way here. Wonders of Technology. I think I can do screen Yeah, you're screen, Jason. What's that? share your screen with us Yeah, present to everyone there we go that's going to be the loop Um, here is the actual stage hypnosis conference site where you can find all the details for the event there's a beautiful countdown leading up towards it as well and here's the uh, meet the speakers page with The 10 of us that are going to be there, your faculty for the Ultimate Stage Hypnosis Conference. And let me actually show you a couple of things here. Anthony Gailey is going to be there talking about The Hypnotist as a corporate keynote speaker. Uh, Back when everyone else was selling entertainment, Anthony was positioning himself as a speaker. And while many stage hypnotists were making about $1,000 a show... Anthony was earning about five grand and up per performance. Uh, And he's going to be there sharing some of his secrets as well. Uh, Catherine Hicklin, stage presence for the stage hypnotist. Uh, Catherine began as an actress, soap opera star, Broadway star, now has transitioned over to full time stage hypnosis. She'll be sharing some of the insights of her career as an actress, as a performer, and what that's converted over to stage hypnosis. Dan Kandel is going to be there talking about reputation marketing, how to build a business that really runs itself. I'll be there talking about some business tones as well. Make it rain, your passive income machine. So not just booking more shows, but also earning more money from your shows as well. Some guy by the name of Michael DeShallet is going to be there. Uh, Marketing hypnosis programs to schools. Paul Ramsey is going to be there talking about innovation. Uh, We've received a lot of questions about Is there any money left in stage hypnosis? How do you stand out? Well, Paul Ramsey's talking about how to stand out in a crowded marketplace. Susan Rosen's going to be there talking about insider secrets, stage hypnosis safety. And Tommy's going to be there with a uh, series of strategies, just like we're sharing here, just to really elevate your business, elevate your shows. And once again, the special rate is uh, 497 it includes your lunches at the convention there's networking opportunities there's outstanding presentations one of the cool things about this event is that there's also several panel discussions as well which you as the attendees help direct exactly what that becomes so the details all over at stagehypnosisconference.com what are you looking forward to about the event this year tommy
2: um i just wanted to chime in quick you know the regular price for this event is a bargain it's 697 so if you don't take advantage of the discount today uh and you wait 697 is a bargain for three days of training with some food in las vegas and i venture to say that anybody who books at least one show or if they pick up one or two things from this conference that turns into a show you've more than made back your money for this program so it's 697 is a deal Get in at 497 right now and save $200 so you can spend on a blackjack table. And the other thing is, um, I know some of you are out there, well, there's, some, there's 10 speakers. I, I don't know who to choose. or, or what, I'm going to miss somebody. We've designed this so slick that everybody, all the attendees, stay in one room, and then we rotate the speakers so you don't miss anybody. You stay in one room. We rotate the speakers. You get to see everything. And Friday night is the best part of it, I think, when we we mingle, we have some food and drinks, and that's where a lot of the learning and exchanging of the ideas happens. So uh, I can't wait for this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So one of the points we're going to talk about here, I, I've coined this as, oh, wow, quiet moments. And basically what I'm referring to is that let's address it in terms of the texture of a stage hypnosis show. That, um, you know, over the years, I've seen hundreds of shows put on by other people just by traveling, by purchasing videos, and just getting as much learning as I can. And if I can give one little critique, I see a lot of shows that are always this energy right up here. Here's what's happening now. You're now dancing to the song. Now you're a platypus, and here's what's going on. And it's just that it's all that energy up here, and you go to any good concert— and there's texture. Here's the ballad. Here's the upbeat song. Here's the one that's a bit of a story. Um, and, and there's a feature that, for those of you that are also working seeing clients as a hypnotherapist, uh, it's what I've nicknamed the Oh Wow Quiet Moment, which is my moment just to really sell the power of the hypnotic experience of it. Where I'm at this point, I've done several group routines, I've done several one on one routines. And I'm looking for that rock star to stand up and say, you know, what's interesting is you can hear every word that I'm saying, right? Yeah. And you can see everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Check this out. Put your arm out in front of you. And I basically then launch into a series of what's classically testing convincer moments. The arm is stiff and rigid. Try to find your name. It goes further away. Your foot stuck to the floor. And the whole way through this is I'm just kind of having a conversation with the person and playing back and forth to the audience and, The tone of voice that I'm using right now is where I take this moment, where it now becomes a very, very quiet moment. I usually do this right after a big routine where everybody is up and dancing. And there's two purposes behind this is one that it just absolutely sells, oh, wow, these people are deeply hypnotized. This stuff is real. At the same time, you can probably remember back to that um, routine that would happen where sometimes... It's the local news station, and they're filming the anchor who's there in front of the microphone, but the kids in the background realize that a camera's shooting, and they're in the background screwing around doing something funny. Um, I want to craft that moment as I'm doing this. So it's a moment where I am just respectfully pummeling away the offer to come to my Virginia hypnosis office and work with me in person. And I'm doing it at a time, though, where I'm featuring this guy that, uh, try to find your name. It goes further away, pull out your driver's license. What does that say? That's not my name. You know, and I'm just, he's there and he's staring at it. I have him stuck in some sort of phenomenon and the entire way through, he's laughing, the audience is laughing, and I'm just kind of there sublimity go, subliminally going, yeah, well, with hypnosis, we're helping people to overcome fears and get rid of anxieties and overcome challenges. The other day in the office, this thing happened, and this was really unique. And try to bend that arm, it gets even stronger. Kind of weird, right? But the main intention of this is it's to have that real quiet yet absolutely magical moment, the same way that while you're in Las Vegas with us, go see any of the... Any of the magic shows that are in Vegas, whether it's David Copperfield, whether it's Matt Franco, or arrive early, you've got to see Mac King over at Harrah's. Um, and there's these moments where something big and impressive happens, but then suddenly this little quiet thing occurs, and that's the moment people remember. David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yet I believe that was the same special where he borrowed a dollar bill from the audience, turn it into a hundred dollar bill gave it right back. And they weren't really talking about the Statue of Liberty thing. They were talking about the little trick he did with the dollar bill. So it's to find these moments to vary that texture, to draw that audience in, yet really, well, you're a hypnotist. Give them that wow appeal inside of your program. Um, Guys, are there any strategies you use that are similar or kind of piggyback off of that?
1: Yeah, I, I'll piggyback off that one, Jason, because, you know, I think it's important too. as you mentioned, go see a magic show, go see some other forms of entertainment because you can glean from their performance styles, whether it's uh, stage blocking, choreography, whether it's the use of music, whether it's the use of comedy, the use of the microphone for that matter, um, whether it's how they interact and engage with the audience before, during and after the show. Uh, all those things are really beneficial. Um, I mean, certainly, we have evenings free during this conference. We did that intentionally because, after all, we're in the uh, you know entertainment capital of the world, and us doing a show at the conference can't compete with the big production shows. So we wanted to leave the evenings free intentionally for that purpose so that you can go out and enjoy. You know, either the other three hypnotists that are there, Kevin Lepine, Anthony Cools, Mark Savard, um, or go see another type of show that will expand your entertainment horizons and allow you to pick up those little nuggets um, of of information that you can apply to your performance.
0: How about, Tommy, any thoughts on these oh, wow moments to add into your program?
2: Yeah, it's all about acting. We, you know, you're a director on stage, and that's right from your background, Jason. You're a director. You're a casting call director, um, and you're acting yourself, too, in these improv situations. You need to be able to adapt and, and know what you're doing so well on stage that you don't have to pay attention to what you're saying. It just flows automatically, but you can also focus on safety. You can focus on what the current routine on who you're going to use next and you've got a keen ear of what's going on. So if something funny is said, you zero right in on that and all of a sudden you're oh. <laughs> all of a sudden I knock my microphone over. Genuine moments. Um, genuine moments. You need to deal with it. So you all you know, you can't be that structured that all of a sudden you're off course. You need to be flexible, and these are things that will make your show memorable.
0: Yeah, to piggyback off of what Tommy said, for those that don't know, uh, I wasn't an actor, director, or designer. I was working in stage management and professional theater for about five years of my life before burning out beautifully and then becoming the full-time hypnotist. And uh, now I bring up the the mindset, though, that, yes, remember, you're still doing a performance. I mean, Alan Sands is going to be one of the speakers at this event, and he's one of the ones that I've heard speak the best around, you know, it's got to be a comedy hypnosis show. There's got to be comedy in addition to the hypnosis. You can actually entertain. Tommy, quit throwing around it's the a bounce bounce around a camera. <laughs> um, so it's that mindset of actually getting into the performance of where I, I a little while ago, referenced the sort of inspiration that, that I use that you're, um, you're casting. So a, it's that a mindset a of actually show getting on the into go. the Uh, Tommy, could you turn one of your guys, your uh, volume is now all the way up and it's creating an echo. So if you turn your volume back to the level it was before. yeah, I I didn't touch my volume. The the same as, I mean, this moment right now. The, The actor on stage, there I would be up in the booth calling a show back in the theater years. And the actor would drop something on the stage and play the game of, if I don't think it's there, the audience will ignore it. And the entire audience is now playing the game of, is that supposed to happen? Is that supposed to be there? And here came the scene change where Eric, the stagehand, would have to come on and pick up the prop that someone left on stage. And the audience burst into laughter and applause because they're going, thank God that's taken off the stage because I couldn't call the queue for the trapdoor to open for the next scene shift to occur <laughs> until the damn book was off the set. So what we've been talking about so far, whether it's these rehearsed improvs, genuine laughter, creating traditions, creating memorable moments, these oh, wow moments, and just the simple staging. I mean, these are just a preview of some of the things we're going to be sharing at the Ultimate Stage Hypnosis Conference at stagehypnosisconference.com. I can see some people who are already going through signing up. I'm getting some just signed up messages here. Uh, Michael, Tommy, you got some time for a couple of questions here? Sure.
1: Absolutely. Cool.
0: Let me uh, switch over to my uh, screen share here just cause it's gonna make it a little easier for me. While
1: you're doing that, Jason, if I can jump in and say something as well too, you asked the question earlier about, you know, what we're looking forward to on this conference. And I'll tell you one of the things that that was impressive last year is that the camaraderie that was built while we were there. You know, if you, if you really consider it, we're all really competitors. But at the same time, some new friendships some new bonds were formed there last year. People were, you know, meeting new people, sitting next to people they didn't know and then and then leaving as friends. Um, even our presenters uh, last year, William Mitchell and Rich Guzzi, um, two diametrically opposed types of performances. Oh, yeah. They're now best friends. I think they're actually going on a trip together. They're families. They're uh, nice. So it's, it's, it's really fun. And, and Rich, Richard, that we're that a reality show. So <laughs> yeah this year. yeah right exactly a clean show versus a really dirty show um but um you know it's interesting because you know this year because of that we're now going to put in some more intentional networking time so we people do have a chance to meet more people there too because i know we're going to have more attendees this year than last year as well
0: absolutely absolutely got a great question here from uh I think Sam is the name. It didn't give me the name in the Q and A box. Uh, with so much talent and experience on this panel of hypnotists, equipped with power and influence, um, step one. Thank you. Uh, I can't help but to ask: Is it challenging to find work or bookings or making a lot of money in a crowded market?
2: I'll I'll say this: that uh, stage hypnosis has never been as popular as it has been as it is now. There are more stage hypnotists working out there today than there probably ever has been, but that's okay. That means there's more shows, more shows, more shows, more exposure. There's markets that are untapped out there. I mentioned briefly the wedding market. Uh, There's always new ideas. Don't be afraid about the competition. There is work out there.
1: And I'll answer that as well, too. Coming from my marketing to schools perspective, there's over 170,000 public high schools in this country. Uh, I know we're not working all of them. And that doesn't even include the charter schools and the private schools. So we're not working all those high schools yet. So the answer for me is absolutely not. Um, There's always work to be found. And that's just the high school market that doesn't include all the different groups that are in the high school. So when you come to my presentation or when you see my presentation there, I will uh, quickly eradicate that concern for you.
0: I also highlight, I've got here up on the screen, the the meet the speakers uh, image with the the 10 of us are going to be there as the faculty. And to even look at this lineup, um, you've got uh, myself, a lot of what I've done over the years, and Dan Kandel is really rocking, this as a strategy right now, is that mindset of being there in that speaking role and presenting something and using the hypnosis to back it up. I mean, look at Anthony Gailey, that was there as a speaker who happened to do hypnosis rather than a hypnotist who happened to do speaking. Uh, Looking here, you've got uh, Paul Ramsey, who I know the other day when we were chatting uh, was on his way to Juilliard to do their welcome week. Uh, Susan Rose and Catherine Hicklin both do a ton of fairs, so does Alan Sands. So the only limitation in business is really the limitations that we give it. Um, Yeah, Jonathan just chimed in. More shows means more exposure for hypnotists, and that means more bookings for everybody. I mean, I'm going to be there talking about not just increasing your bookings, not just increasing the quality of your show, but also the concepts of passive income. And let's be honest, there are already a ton of weight loss products out there. There's a ton of stop smoking products that are out there. And yet there's still room for more because on one side of things, you don't know when that person needs to hear the message at the right time to create that change. So there's so many markets that are out there that currently exist, but there's so many more that are still yet completely untapped. Uh, So really, again, there's so many opportunities that are out there. Uh, Michael asked the question. Um, how would you adapt your show for a crowd that's an average age of 65 or over? <laughs> maybe hand out warm milk first. <laughs> um, I have done shows in nur-
2: <laughs> I've done shows in nursing homes, and, and a fellow hypnotist asked me to cover for him. And I said, "How the hell are we going to do this?" And it was not a problem. Um, your 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 uh, pre talk needs to maybe be stretched out a little bit and reassure everybody that this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, who has stress out there, uh, it's not a problem. There's always great volunteers in every type of audience, and I don't care what age it is. Uh, the younger audiences, sure, it happens faster, the hypnosis maybe, and they jump on stage quicker, but the older audiences, not a problem. Mike?
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't really say it better than that. Um, you know, every age will still have the expectation of, if I volunteer to be in the show, I'm going to be hypnotized. Um so it's all about creating that expectation. Um, you know it's it's promoting the show before you get there. even if it has a it is even if it is at a uh, assisted living center or something, you know those people are gonna those people will come out for entertainment. They will come out no matter what. And you know out of a hundred people or two hundred people, you only need 10 or twelve people. actually, you know you could do a show with one volunteer uh, but you're gonna get ten or twelve volunteers up there easily. And the law of averages say that, you know, you're going to keep at least 80 percent of them, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more, but you're still going to have a show because people want to try hypnosis. And who knows? The older they are, maybe they've done it before in the past and they want to do it again. And this is their only opportunity to do it. So their expectation is even greater. Than just volunteering to be in a show.
0: Some of the most fun presentations I've ever done have been in that age range as well. Just because uh, when I was getting started, um, you know, I would book a tour of doing high school shows and just piggyback off of that. Okay, I'm in Illinois for these days. Let me add on a few more shows, and I could just reach out to a Moose Lodge, an Eagles uh, Airy, a, uh, a Elks Lodge, and it would mostly be that older end of the audience. Um, which on one side of things. I would go into it at times with a more toned-down show, so less physically active. That being said, I would often tell you that these are the audiences that had the dirtiest minds and the sickest (laughs) sense of humor, uh, which there's something wonderful out of the things that Granny is now saying. So be prepared. So uh <laughs> so be cautious oh, about yeah. the expectation. Um, we're gonna take one more question. We're gonna wrap up in a couple of moments, though. As you have any further questions, feel free to shoot us a message back. We're gonna keep this dialogue going online. Sign up right away for the Stage Hypnosis Conference over at Stage Hypnosis You can see more information about what all the speakers are gonna be presenting. Again, it's a very affordable trip. Lots Vegas is affordable to travel to. The Orleans Hotel Casino, wonderful rooms, great venue. And in the evenings, as I described the Orleans, uh, you can have everything from the $80 sushi roll with caviar on it to Fuddruckers. They have a nice wide range of options, though your meals, your lunches are included, the networking as well. Uh, Outstanding speakers. Uh, Here is, uh, got one more question. TJ uh, asked, I love this one. Um, The first part, TJ, I'll message you privately because you're asking about the Canadian Hypnosis Conference, which I'll send you a note about after this. Uh, But TJ was asking about something that Tommy and Michael said about uh, students showing videos uh, after the show on their phones. Basically, he was always under the impression that it was prohibited for people in the audience to film. Um, I'll share my thoughts on that first. Uh, which is that uh, you know, I teach business as well as teaching hypnosis. And we used to think about social media as being Facebook, Twitter, and all these other platforms. Uh, yet, in the twenty first century, all media is social media, all of it. So um there there's a show that I saw. I was out in Vegas for Hypno a couple of weeks ago, and the last night, uh, one of my favorite things about going to see the ventriloquist Terry Fader, was that there's a big sign in the lobby. We encourage you to take photos and shoot videos and share them with your friends. No wonder he had a packed audience. So it's one of those, in my opinion, you can't beat them, join them. Uh, I can be the jerk on stage telling everybody to put it away or I can tell them, you know, do what you want, enjoy it, have fun. Uh, I'd share a quick anecdote that I um, taught a workshop with someone a few years back And I mentioned, oh, let's set up the video cameras and maybe we can produce a product of this. And the person goes, well, I don't know. What if I say something I don't want to have on a product? And my answer was, then just don't say that stuff. Uh, And it's where in the show, you know, thank you, people like Susan Rosen, who's going to be there at this event teaching safety. I've got a lot of the things I've learned from Susan in my mind that I'm not letting the show go to a place where things are dangerous. I'm keeping, you know, big active physical routines contained and safe. So really, if I'm not going to do anything on that stage that I don't want someone seeing, by all means, you know, let this stuff go viral in your communities because that's going to book the show even greater in the future. And I'm seeing Michael and Tommy nodding on that. What are your thoughts on that?
2: My my, my thoughts are, let them tape the show. You, you stole a little bit of my thunder with uh, Terry Fader I've seen many times. And, and what he said the, the first time we went was, okay, folks, I know you have cameras. Take them out. Take pictures. Take videos of this show. But don't film the whole show. And if you, if you prohibit it, they're still going to film your show. They're going to do it stealth. So Terry encouraged it, and I said, you know what? I wonder where all those videos are going to be tomorrow morning. They were all over the Internet. So, sure. I I don't uh, prohibit it anymore. Um, I do tape my own shows and sell them. But, uh, you know, in fact, I I tell the audience now, hey, folks, if you're going to take pictures and please put them on Facebook, mention my name, Tommy V. I know they're going to do it anyways. Why not let them spread it? Free advertising. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. Mike.
1: Yeah. You know what? I, I can't say it better than you two guys just said it. I mean, uh, you, can, you can try to be the jerk from stage and stop them from doing it, but they're going to do it anyways. So just go ahead and let them do it and make sure, make sure you give them some instructions as to what to do with those videos. Post them on your Facebook page. Like you. Tag you. Make sure that it gets spread all over to social media. Um, show it to their friends after the show that were in the show so they can see truly how much of a star they really were. Use it for good, not for evil. Um, that's that's my that's my
0: theory on that. So with that in mind, make sure you log into your MySpace account and put myself, Michael, and Tommy in your top eight. <laughs> that way, too late. <laughs> I, I still have one. I think it's still there. Is Tom one of your friends? These references are uh, good. Yeah, so. Well, let me and log,
1: I'm into my to see. <laughs> log into my AOL account and I'll see if I can get in. To yeah,
0: to do that. well, we this puts us at time. Thank you so much, everybody, for interacting with this program. Yeah, Jonathan just chimed in about video, it's free marketing. Embrace it! Yeah, yeah. nice, Not Jonathan. Even going to see a you know a theatrical event like a play or a musical is a different thing, but going to see even a concert, um, you know, they they announce it, but you look around they can't enforce it because you look at and see the screens where everyone's lit up um, and they're doing it. So again, in this modern society, all media is social. So make use of it. Harness it.
2: Jason, real quick on this marketing thing, the grateful dead who have been around for many years. were on top of this before it even happened. They allowed audience members to take their shows and it went viral. People collected these shows for years. So that was, that was marketing uh, viral marketing way back when we didn't even have it yet that's all I have to say.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So once again, join us in Las Vegas, the ultimate stage hypnosis conference. The dates on that again are Friday, January 26th to Sunday, January 28th. You've got a uh, great lineup here. Tommy V, Jerry Valley, Paul Ramsey, Susan Rosen, Michael DeShallet, uh, some guy named Jason Lynette, who just, Gave everybody in the hypnosis profession fidget spinners. uh, Catherine Hicklin, Dan Candell, Anthony Gailey, Alan Sands, and all the attendees. Again, this incredible networking opportunity where I even saw people going, okay, here's my demo video if you could book me for shows, and the cross-pollination of it as well. Um, We've got 20 spots open for $497. This is our official launch, and already there's hypnotists from all over the world who are gonna be there in attendance, and look forward to having you join us there uh, as well. Before we officially uh, wrap it up, there, Tommy, any final thoughts?
2: Uh, no, this has been a wonderful experience. We all are very proud of us, proud that we share what we know about stage hypnosis. That's That's been one of our themes for since the beginning. Uh, come out, and and as Michael mentioned, uh, egos are left at the door during this conference. We are competitors, but we're good friends. My ego is left and at, at that the door used... more
0: than yours is. <laughs> well, you know.
2: Yeah. guys, come on <laughs> out to Vegas. You won't regret Do it. Me. It's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely, definitely come yes, out to Jonathan, this. Jonathan, um, there is a group rate. That detail is over on the uh, on the website over at Stage Hypnosis Conference. That you'll also get those details shared with you as you sign up for the event as well.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll just add, Jason, invest invest in yourself on this. Coming out to this, it's worth the money for you to spend on yourself for your career to be better and better and better. Um, this, you know, the price is so reasonable that you're gonna get this back in in a half a show or less. Uh, Just by booking one more additional show this year, you've made your money back for the entire trip. So invest in yourself. It's so valuable to do that. Uh, You won't be sorry, I promise.
0: Outstanding. Well, signing off, it's Jason Lynette. Thank you so much for joining me here. Uh, I'm gonna be sharing the replays with everybody so that we can go back and interact with this once again. And as always, thanks so much for joining us here. Jason Lennett here and as always thank you so much for interacting with this program and I'm going to Figuratively and literally share the stage on this one by encouraging you to join us out in Las Vegas in the end of January 2018 for the Ultimate Stage Hypnosis Conference. As you've just heard, an outstanding opportunity for learning and for less than what you should be earning for any single presentation. You get to rub shoulders with some outstanding faculty members. You get to network with fellow stage hypnotists from all around the world. Head over and register right now over at stagehypnosisconference.com. See you there. Thanks for listening
2: to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast and worksmarthypnosis.com.